Hello all, Tom Latcham here and welcome to More Raw. This is the spin-off show of Raw, the 90s rave podcast. We're getting a brand new name. Uh, why not? It's a better name anyway. Uh, and we're going to do even more exploring here of the 90s rave scene. Today we're t- chatting to Juice Man. He's a jungle drum and bass and garage MC who will be well known to those of you who have attended those big raves back in the 90s. Having started in the early 90s at Milwaukee's, he was a regular on flyers for the biggest events throughout the decade and indeed beyond, as well as having turned his hand to production. So let's say hello to him. Hey, Juice, how are you doing? I'm all right, you know, Tom. How are you, bruv? Yeah, I'm all right, thanks. Uh, I think we could probably Good. we could probably all do with COVID going away, couldn't we? And uh, not yeah, having a national lockdown. <laughs> Another one. That's the one. Loud out. <laughs> yeah, mad government out here right now. Who voted him in? Uh, yeah. Well, God knows. It certainly it's wasn't me, Juice. Tories. <laughs> it certainly wasn't me, Juice. Um, no. But So how, how are you coping with, uh, with lock, well, just about to go into lockdown? By the time this is out, it will be locked down. How are you sort of been uh, coping? You know what? I'm, I'm missing, I'm, you know what? I'm actually all right. You know, I'm just at home. I look after my son full time. He lives with me. Do you know what I mean? But, you know, I'm in the studio most days, so I've got it in my house. So, you know what? I don't really see the difference. You know what I mean? You know, I just get up, I'm in, do my work, and then I pop to the shop, come back, cook food. I'm, I'm, I'm basically simple, a simple okay. life. Yeah, you know. So <laughs> it's to me, you know, it's it's been kind of normal. But obviously, you know, for a lot of people out there, you know, people suffering and there's a lot of stress. You know, a few of my friends there are a bit low in their self, and that I have to ring them up and you know keep them keep them going, man. Do you know what I mean? But everyone's, you know, as on the music scene that I know, are all well gutted because <laughs> yeah, we want to uh, rave again you know what i mean of course and, and what and you must miss performing hugely because oh, um, particularly particularly those mcs you know you you're not known for being shy are you no nah, man not at all not at all you know what <laughs> and it is <laughs> you know what it is it's like yeah yeah i've missed it i've missed everybody i've missed all the djs and mcs you know what i mean we always call joke and you know what i mean but it's a mad it's a mad time you know when you don't see your friends and stuff it's it's deep you know what I mean? Yeah, it's tough. Well, listen, let's talk about some happier times. You were there. Yeah, of course. The, you were there throughout the 90s. Uh, as I mentioned yep. in the intro, you you first picked up a mic at Milwaukee's and then you basically uh, smashed it and were on all the flyers throughout the 90s. Yeah. Were you, were you a yeah. raver first? I was I was working with um, Skip Sargent and Debbie Malone from Cool and the Gang. And we actually, first rave tune that we did was... Um, Oh, what was it called again? Um, oh, I can't remember the name of the track now. <laughs> it's a big tune, Rescue Me. There you go. Yeah, Rescue Me. We've done, we done that was one of the earliest rave tracks and I used to host with them when we went out and done live PAs and stuff. So that's how I basically got into, um, you know, the, the, the MC and part of it. And plus I used to do a bit of hip hop back in the early days with Blade and Hijack and a few others. So I just said, you know, about Dingwalls in in Candom Town, you know, back in the day when I was very young then, about 16, 17. Um, what make, what is know, it that makes, made you a good MC, do you think? What, what, what are the qualities? I don't know. I mean, sort of like when I came into the scene, um, you know, I was listening to our MCs and they were just basically on that hosting thing where I was spitting lyrics, sort of like, you know, I mean, probably one of the first to be sort of like, you know, dropping a 16 then shutting up you know, basically learning to work with DJs as well, because that ain't easy. You know, first of all, I always remember when I'm spitting away, they're looking at me like, they don't know what, you know, they're like, you got to shut up, it's too much. Yeah, so we, we we went from that stage, 
and then you know when I when I started doing Milwaukee's I learned a lot whole lot more working with the DJs you know so I have to big up you know Groove Rider and Donovan Bad Boy Smith and a few others and um, which so which were the MCs that inspired you in particular, or was or, or did none of them do quite do it, and so you therefore know, that was why you decided to sort of do something? I'll say, I'll say, style? Mad P, Patrick from Top Buzz, yeah, yeah, because like you know they took me under their wing, um, you know when they first heard me, they was like, wow, you're flipping sick, you know what I mean? So I've become kind of tight with uh, Jay and Pat, you know what I mean? And always got a full salute to them boys, you know what I mean? Because, you know, we're actually working again now, working on some music together and stuff, you know. And yeah, but, you know, that influence for me, for me going raving, yes, I did used to rave, but I was going out there to, you know, I was a hungry little MC, so I'm going out to see what else is out there and what's, you know. But, you know, to me, Top Buzz well, with a... Well, how important, how, how important is it as an uh, as an MC to not necessarily be a raver raver, but to go to places, to go to raves, to sort of, to experience it on the dance floor, to know therefore yeah. what, what to bring when you do step onto the mic? Yeah, well, you know, it's, 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 it's all good. I mean, myself, I like to, you know, when I get to a rave, I, I always do it. I'll stand in the crowd and just watch a set, you know, that hypes me up. I'm like, right, you know, I've got to go up there and, match that now or you know it's 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 not competitive it's like you know you want to keep you know you if they've booked you you've got to be you know if harry shot was on before me then i'm obviously going to go up there and illuminate the dance the same way as he's done you know what i mean you know because it's you know catch a vibe from these people you know what i'm saying they're all they all got good vibes man so it's nice to stand there and listen to their sets you know what i mean and i am one of them type of people i don't I don't stand in the back room waiting or whatever and, you know, not catch a vibe. You know, I want to be, as soon as I step up on stage, I want to be letting off. You know what I mean? And how did you get your name, Juice Man? Uh, one of my friends gave me that name because I always used to drink Ribena when I was younger in the race. <laughs> <laughs> so I was always with my cartons of Ribena at Milwaukee's and that. And is that because you were underage? Nah, you know what? I never drank at that time. I was fit and healthy and everything. I was doing like training and stuff and, yeah, I was very healthy in myself, you know what I mean? You know, the only thing I did bad was smoke, to be fair. But, you know, I just used to, I never drank alcohol in a party, you know what I mean? I sort of, like, kept my head about me and stuff. So, always had that Ribena, like, everyone used to, <laughs> my, my mate's like, flipping juice, you know. So, in the end, it just caught like that. You and know I, don't I, mean? th- I don't think, Juice, I know your real name, because you're so known as Juice, man. What is your real name? My real name's Justin, man. Okay, right, Justin. Yeah. Uh, would you like? Would you want to be called Justin or Juice or? No, nah, just call me Juice. Everyone okay. does, mate. Everyone <laughs> does. So, you know, my real name. No one ever calls me that. <laughs> it's okay. just like yes, Juice. All right, Juice. Uh, well, you freestyle yeah. as well a fair bit. I mean, I've yeah. always wondered how much MCs do freestyle. Some, I suppose, don't do it at all. Some do it a lot. Um, I think a lot of them. I think a lot of them do. You know right. what I mean? You know, they just don't advertise it. You know, I've worked with. X-Man on stage and we was all bouncing lyrics from each other. You know, we've done that uh, warning loads of times and stuff, you know what I mean? And, you know, me, even me and X-Man turned around and we was like, wow, that's sick, you know what I mean? But, you know, we all, we all play tennis, man, you know what I mean? So you know that they haven't written them lyrics because they're following me or, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I think all of them have got that that ability. And what's the you secret? Know, I know a what's lot the... of them do right. What's the secret of uh, of freestyling? I mean, I've always, whenever I've tried know. it, I'm absolutely fucking hopeless. <laughs> a big tune, a big a big tune. Obviously, you know the vibe of what you're on. It's kind of you know it, it is it is one of them things. I've had bare people ask me that, man, and it's like I'm just like, 
you know, it's like my vibe. You know what I mean? I could jump up there and, you know, when I'm in front of thousands of people. Plus, it's like, you know, when you're doing your job, you've got to be serious as well. So I think, you know, that connection between the energy, yeah, is one of them. I think it's the energy levels, man. And so cast yourself back. Uh, I mean, you grew up in Northamptonshire, I think, didn't you? And, uh, yep. and you mentioned you know, uh, Milwaukee's, you started off emceeing there in around yep. 91, 92. Um, can, yep. you, can you recall the buzz that very first time that you stepped up in, uh, in front of a big crowd at, the, at Milwaukee's yeah. and delivered some... I'd actually some say, you know, the, the biggest crowd for me first was um, Dreamscape in Cambridge. And that was... at. Yeah, it was a um, big dance, man. There's about 2,000 people there. First thing, because obviously I did Milwaukee's and, you know, that does hold up to about 900 to 1,000. You know, that's we used to call it the TARDIS. You think, how many people you get in that club? You know what I mean? But it was such a small building, but it was rammed. Yeah, but when I went to a bigger event now, when Murray, because RIP Murray, my brother, um, he, he started booking me. He, was, he made me resident. And when I first went to a dreamscape, I was like, wow, you know, this is oh, here we go, you know, and that was, for me, the first time I stepped in front of a big crowd, yeah, I was kind of scared, but, you know, we've done an amazing job, man, smashed it, you know what I mean? Well, how did you hold your nerve? What's your secret was at that point? Because I've, cool. I, so I've done live radio, I used to present on Talk Sport, and I remember the first time I did it, I was absolutely yeah. terrible, because I was, I was, I was, I was crapping yeah. myself, basically, but yeah. You hold it together, I get a vent, but I could tell my voice was wavering and all sorts. You know? <laughs> I've been there and done that, you know what I mean? You can see the handshaking with the mic and that, but you know what I mean? I, I say, you know, through time, you learn, isn't it? It's like, in the end, it's like, well, I want that crowd, you know what I mean? You know, you go into a smaller event, you're like, oh, you know what I mean? I need to, I need to go help a skeleton or something <laughs> like that. I need that. Yeah, because of the energy level. I think I think you just, I think that's something they get, you know, as, a, as an up-and-coming MC, you get used to that. You know what I mean? It's something, it's something, you know, and you can see a lot of them, all the youngers, I, I watch them, I watch, you know, as I said, I watch MCs and I like to see who's new and stuff and listen to what their capabilities are and that. And you see some of them and, you know, some of them are mad. You can see they need to calm down. Or, and some of them are, you can see they've got that little nervous thing in them. And I just think, bless them, man. You know what? That, that, that's gone in a couple, a couple more raves, man. You'll be firing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah. It's that. Yeah. And 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 when did you make it a career? When did you think you know I can make my way in music? I can I can make a yeah make I a think, career. I out think of it. it was yeah. I mean, as I said, when we when I done Rescue Me with Debbie Malone and that, I mean, that was such a big rave tune back in the day. Um, you know, we didn't even expect that to be a massive track. But obviously, when Skip used all the breaks and stuff, it was the early form of what rave was changing from a four four beat acid house going into a whole new genre do you know what i mean you know and it's like from there you know i've been pushing through you know it's just keeping it moving brother you know what i'm saying just kept it moving just kept kept the music progressing and you know i've always produced you know obviously you know studio equipment got different and everything like that so i had to go uni and learn a lot of stuff as well you know what i mean but now man we just keep it moving man just keeping it keep it keep keeping the vibe alive, you know what I mean? That's all we can do out here, bro. And who were your favourite uh, DJs that you would play for in the 90s? And by the way, you should probably say Ray Keith because I interviewed him recently. Oh, I've definitely got to say and, Ray, And, and he, he name-checked you. So if you don't name-check him, he's going to be annoyed. Ah, <laughs> hey, bro, you know what, right? Ray Ray was, ah, uh, you know what, right? He used to come in Milwaukee's and, and, and uh, the promoter always used to have him on kind of early because obviously he must have gone back to Astoria and stuff like that. You know what I mean? But he smashed the place, man. 
You know, I mean, honestly, he's a good friend of mine as well. Um, you know, we're actually working on a few projects at the moment. So big up Ray Keefe, salute. Well, by the yeah, way, if anyone um, wants to hear that interview, it's going to be coming out the week after this interview. Uh, so, uh, yeah, stay tuned for, more for that Ray, uh, that yeah, Ray Keefe interview. By the way, fully filmed. It's the first uh, episode that we're doing fully filmed. So uh, yeah. it's going to be on YouTube and all that sort of thing. And you can actually see uh, yes. me chatting to Ray. So And it's a good chat as well. Yeah. He's, he's a good interview, wicked. isn't he, Juice? He's, he's wicked, man. He's, you know what? And I know he's working on his book at the moment. And, you know, I mean, that, that will be a good read when that comes out. Definitely. Because, and what, you know, that... what, what other DJs were you, did you just, did you just, um, just worked with? I'd your... say Groove Rider, Fabio, Randall. Uh, Donovan, Bad Boy, Smith, Brian G, Jumping Jack Frost, you know, they, they was all, to me, I used to, you know, I always used to wait for them. I'd, I'd, I'd love it at Milwaukee's when, when I knew I was going to be working with them boys. You know, how does it, how does it work well. if, there's a few, if there's a few of you? Are you booked on a certain set and you stay there? Yeah. Sometimes you see people like coming, you know, like you'll have a moment where and one of the MCs steps up and and, and you sort of like, I'm not yeah. sure this is the agreement. And there sounds, think... sounds like a bit of a battle sometimes on the tape. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You can hear that. But, you know, at Milwaukee's, it was always like, you know, even the DJs used to hang around in the end. So, I mean, I was emceeing there. I, I used to do the whole nine hours on my own. You know what I mean? Before we brought in Hooligan and stuff. Um, I was working on my own, just doing like, whole, like each and every <laughs> hour. Necking. So trying to, yeah, mate. I used to come out there, my throat was bleeding and everything. <laughs> like you know, you know, working hard, man. But oh, thank know, God, was, thank fuck, hooligans yeah. arrived. <laughs> yes, as soon as we heard him with Ratty, it was like I said, to, I said to Des, R.I.P. Des as well. He used to have no walkers. I said to him, you know what, you need to bring this guy in, man, because he's, he's 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 the next thing I've heard that is close to what we're doing. And he's, oh, gonna well, I mean, and he's going to so. save my, my voice. He's going to save my voice. He's going to give me an hour break so I can go <laughs> and have a cup of coffee in that. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and or which, a brandy. Which... Was there any sort of DJs that actually just didn't fit your style? No, no. I mean, you know... I'd say, you know, it was only when sort of like Happy Hardcore came around and it's, you know, big up all the Happy Hardcore boys, salute them to the max. I mean, I actually went out and done a few bookings with Dougal and that, you know what I mean? He's, he's obviously from my town and, you know, that was the time he was playing Ray. But you know what, for me, the Happy Hardcore scene wasn't really for me. You know what I mean? Yes, I have emceed a couple of sets. But what it was, was it about Happy Hardcore that you just didn't, I just, didn't get with? I don't know. I don't know what it is. It just wasn't drum and bass. It just weren't, you know, it, and it is a massive part of it. You know, I'm not, I'm not, slagging the music off here because it has its own place you know what I mean but for me it was never that that was never for me you know I didn't get that it was more for the techno bouncing it you know I, I suppose it more kept the old school alive and I was a progressive person so I like to move with what's fresh you know what I mean so jungle to me was you know and I like the vibe of that better I've just I've just right. found it you know that's fair enough. Yeah, and um, the happy hardcore crew still. Yeah, of course, and all, and there's a load yeah. of them. There's a load of them that listen to this podcast. So uh, hello yeah, to you man, all. Yeah, and, uh, I'm saying salute to them, man. Yeah, because <laughs> they've done their thing, and they, you know what? They was all nice lads as well. So yeah, you know, I got on with them all. And but yeah, for me personally, it wasn't my taste out of the rave scene. That wasn't my yeah, you know, my my pick of the music. You you emceed a lot at the sanctuary for Dreamscape yep. for Helter Skelter. How important yep. was the sanctuary in your mind oh, for mate. for the, for the British rave scene in the nineties? Mate, I'm telling you, I mean, I played at the first ever sanctuary when it first opened, and I played at the last ever night as well. So I've seen the 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 the, uh, 
you know, the whole many years of the sanctuary. And you know what? It was the, it was the it was the main hub for drum and bass and rave and Abiago and all of that. It, you know, they used to have the two arenas open on each side. Um, Helter Skelter, Dreamscape, you know, you, you've got Purex there, Hysteria, do you know what I mean? You had, you had some massive events there, man. World Dance, you know, they they held mainly, you know, all the biggest raves in the country for that time, you know what I mean? So, And, and how big and a miss was it? It's a massive miss. As soon as that shut down, I mean, I'm local to there, so it's only 10 minutes down the road for me. Um, you know, well, going, that would have been nice and easy booking to get as a drive home from. It, mate, I used to just travel down the road 10 <laughs> minutes, mate, you know what I mean, you know? And it, but you know, you drive past it now and it's Ikea. So when I went, I actually went there to buy some stuff for my house and that, and I was walking around in there and I was like, wow, this is room two. <laughs> you know, no one would ever know that, man. I was just sitting there on this sofa, like, you know, they got all the living rooms popped out <laughs> and I was sitting in there and I was like, wow, you know what? A thousand people up it used to be up in there. You know? <laughs> you know what I mean? Crazy, but the building's still there, but they've, you know, they've, it's an Ikea now. And it's yeah. a shame. It's such a shame to see something like that go do you know what i mean I, it was it was a safe place you know yes a couple of people did die there but that was just down to their stupidity it wasn't down to anyone pulling out a, a knife and killing them or anything yes there was a couple i think a, like a few years back i do remember you know there was a couple of like people out the front shooting and that but no one ever really did anything bad inside no no it was you know always I mean? it always was generally well apart from when the security were in a bad mood and sometimes it could get a bit moody and then yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah there was a couple in there i mean they you know they kicked me out once i mean obviously i used to smoke the greens and all that but like i give that up but i got caught you know what i mean and i'm trying to explain to my man that look you know and it was funny because ever since then Don't you know i am he had a grudge on he had a grudge on me man and it, i kept saying to him no, i ain't got nothing man i've given up i'm fresh look i'm healthy <laughs> That, you know, and he just always on my case, following me around the club and everything, you know. I felt like I was a crack dealer, but I weren't. You know yeah, what I yeah, mean? It's yeah. like, you know, once you get that persona, though, you know, it's yeah, of course, it's one yeah. of them things. They're, they're on you, man. You know, and they, they were kind of strict up there. Yes, I got on with a few, but there was a couple of them that I, I never got on with. You know, because you, like you, know, um, you were such a regular at Helter Skelter, you yeah. know uh, Dave Prattley and Penny pretty well. Yeah, There's, of course. There's been loads of, of talk about Helter Skelter possibly coming back. Have you heard any yeah, yeah. whispers in that area? Well, do you know what it is? It's like my good friend Sasha, um, his wife Carol is Penny's sister. So, like, you know, they're very, uh, you know, they're good friends of mine. I've known them for years. I mean, obviously, as I said, you know, if you, thank you to Dave and Penny for bringing me in at Milwaukee's. You know what I'm saying? You know, um, that's how I got to meet Murray and stuff. Obviously, Murray was from uh, Northamptonshire, so I, I knew him anyway. But you know, to get him know, to know him on a personal level, to you know, to sit down with him and go, well, you know, I want I'll, I'll make you resident, and you're local. I want someone local that I can actually work with, and you're really good and stuff. But yeah, Dave and Penny, I, I'd love to see them come back. You know, they was they to me, them guys there were all the best promoters that I've ever worked for. You know and, what I mean? And, they and never had a problem with your money. They, you know, they paid, Dave used to pay me before I walked in. Wow. Just but before that, I even got in the way, I had my money in my pocket. Their reputation uh, remains incredibly high. Do you think that, uh, that oh. they, do you think they will bring it back? Because there is such I hope a, sort so. of, uh, a, a, a sort of a groundswell of, of, of the seemingly of desire for this, to, for it to happen. Yeah. I mean, I've seen online, you know what I mean? I don't know. You know, whether Majika's got some involvement or whatever. I don't know whether he's trying to talk to Dave. Obviously, he was another MC from Helter Skelter. You know, he's, he's the type of person that would probably get the name and, and try and do something amazing with that. 
Do you know what I mean? But it would be nice to see Dave and Penny come out of the woodwork as well. Do you know? You know, just for old yeah. times' sake. That's yeah, what I'm course, saying. But, of course. Well, when you know, this bring, is over. That's what I'm saying. I mean, you know, I played at every one of the, the Hell of Skelters for them. And, you know, they was amazing, man. If Some of the did, best raves. If it did come back, what form... What format would you like to see it in? Would you like to see it, you know, strict, I'd like to see strictly it. old school? Would you like to see mixed arenas? How would you view yeah, it? Yeah, I'd like to see mixed arenas myself because there's, you know, the music's gone too fast forward now for it to, I mean, of course, I think, you know, if they just done a one-off and, the, and it was old school, I think it would go off as well. You know what I mean? Because it's just a memory. You know what I mean? You, you know, it's one night. But if it comes back and it's a regular thing, then no, they need to have an arena for that and an arena, I'd say, for Happy Hardcore again and and Jungle and Drum and Bass and, and, you know, the new style and bring the latest DJs down. You know, that some ravers, old, even the older ravers, like if they go, come out to it, they're like, wow, let's do these. You know what I mean? Something new for each generation, isn't it? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Well, so we yeah. talked a lot about the raves that you enjoyed doing and that you were resident at. Is there any raves that yeah. you that you just you just hated? Nah, nah, there wasn't any. You know, what I mean, the ones I was always booked for, like Warning, and um, as I said, all the ones at the Sanctuary, now they was amazing, man. You know, what I mean, that's that's what kept me me going for a long, long time. You know, I've never sat there and I thought, oh, I'm going to give up in five years or anything like that. You know, what I mean, I just wanted to continue obviously done a bit as soon as uh, my friend started the sidewinder as well went into the garage a lot you know what I'm saying so I actually you know my mindset was like I always wanted to do different things still on the mic obviously garage is not much different to drum and bass you know and it's got a good groove to it and that so like yeah I actually did jump back and forth onto different things and stuff we hope you're enjoying this episode of Raw there's plenty more where that came from uh, but now it's time to ask for your help Raw is a hobby. It's not a very well-paid hobby. In fact, it's frankly a bit of a money pit. Uh, we've put lots and lots of our own cash into doing this, uh, but we could use your help to keep it going because we don't have endless pockets, sadly. Uh, any donation, big or small, that you can give, we appreciate. It is a tough time for anyone, but anything you can give will go towards keeping this project on the road. If you want to help out, you can head to gofundme.com forward slash the 90s rave podcast. That address again is gofundme.com forward slash the 90s rave podcast and get donating there. We appreciate anything you can give. Absolutely, we do. Uh, also, if you want to head over to our socials, why don't you add us on Facebook, why don't you add us on Twitter, why don't you add us on Instagram, and of course we are on YouTube. You just have to search for Raw, the 90s Rave podcast on all those different places. Was that ever was that ever a problem? Like because so I've I've interviewed in the past MC Watsy who sort of said, well, okay, actually he, I've known Watsy for years, and and actually yeah. probably in a way you could you might say that he's he could be quite well suited to. Uh, jungle and drum and bass but he, okay. he said yeah. I started off as a hardcore MC and once that happens it's difficult to sort of yeah. change and but yet you yeah. managed to straddle garage and yeah. drum and bass how, how did you do that and was it ever was it never a problem was it never an issue no not at all I mean you know my friends in London is like Miss Dynamite um, Specialist Moss and you know that uh, gen, uh, who is it uh, Sweetie Irie and I've, I've done a lot of work with them Ed Case and stuff like that I started working with uh, a producer called LB he was very dark his, 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 his music was like two step but he had drum and bass bass lines it was, a, it was always it just sounded like a jungle tune to me so it was so easy to 
and I still work with him now. Do you know what I mean? You know, we've got a few tracks coming out um, that are vocaled and stuff, and they're sick. You know, we, we're still working now. It's it was an ongoing thing, but you know, it was easy to jump back and forth. It's the same as uh, B Live, man. He, he will be. You know, he's from the garage scene. He's B Live. You know what I mean? He was one of the biggest MCs on Garage. You know what I mean? But you know, you, you could see after a few years, the Garage race got smaller, and you know, there was hardly anything going on. Um, it's coming back again now. I see. So fingers crossed, but yeah, B Live went to Evil B and what started working with Vexman, and they do their Problem Central thing now, don't they? They're massive. And you, you've emceed for the last thirty years, um, yeah, starting in '91, as we say, when when the music yeah. was all hardcore. I mean, that was what it yeah. was, and then it split yeah. and it moved into jungle and drum and bass, and obviously you, you yeah. did you did garage as well. But there's been a very big change yeah. in terms of emceeing, particularly yeah. in. Uh, in the jungle and drum and bass scene, that sort of happened, what, like yeah. sort of mid-90s, wasn't it? Sort of into the yeah. sort of back end of the 90s. So as soon as the jungle thing started and the reggae thing came in, that's when you see a lot of new faces quick because there yeah. was a lot of good MCs. You know, I could even go back to the garage and name a few people that were drum and bass, yeah, were jungle, like EZ, yeah? He used to play like pure drum and bass, you know what I mean? You know, Moved on, obviously, got blew up on the garage scene. That was better for him. You know, there's a few a few of them guys there were big jump. They was playing on Cool FM and that back in the day. You know what I mean? And, so. and, and how did you feel? Because you're a host and you you you've yeah. you 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 do rhyme, but you but it's 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 like sixteen beat. You don't double. Yeah. You don't tend to double time double rhyme time. But what did yeah, you? Yeah, I, I call that to the new cats, that? man. Yeah, what did you make of that change um, among the scene? Because that became very popular, didn't I it? Liked and it, it, remain, it remains popular. Yeah, you know, when I hear these MCs now, I think I sit there and I think, bloody hell, you know, like you've been sitting there for hours writing that. <laughs> Do you know <laughs> what I mean? But it's it's great. It's great. You know, to me, I'll just stick with a, a, my 16 flow, almost like rapping. You know what I mean? But I'm just old school. I think that's just in me. But, you know, me and Bassman and that, we still get love for that. You know what I mean? You know, they, they, they're authentic. This authentic is still, it's still us, you know, like, yeah, I can spit double time. I can do all of that. Sometimes I do, you know, it's, it's, it's whatever DJ you want, isn't it? you know, if you're on with Sub-Zero or someone, he can take you to that level where you can start going in, you know what I'm saying, you know? But it didn't, so, it didn't, it didn't, you didn't look at it and think I should probably change my style here. No, or... no, man, no, no. I always think that, you know, me, Bass, Spider and Trigger always had our own flow, which always kept in one bubble in this rave scene where, you know, you've got that, but then you've got us, you know what I mean? And I think that's how we try to keep it. You know what I mean? You know, so when you come Birmingham or whatever, you know, you've got authentic spider. You, know, you can't change that voice. That's a one voice in a minute. You can't change bass, man. You can't, you can never put someone else in his place and make someone chat like him because you'd be looking at them gone out. Do you know what I mean? That's bass, man. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it, it's, it's that, if you get what I'm saying, you know, so we always looked at it like, Right, when we started SDC, we was like, right, we keep our crew and we do us. You know what I mean? When we, you know, and we brought everyone in, you know what I mean? We we weren't we weren't tight with anybody, you know, and it's nice to bring the new and when you hear the difference, the ravers still enjoyed what we did maximum. You know, it was almost a highlight of the night. You know what I'm saying? It's and it's still that was really nice, you know what I mean? Because obviously you've got Skibber on the lineup and that, and they're all amazing MCs, man, and they they batter the place, but as I said, you'd have them play and then we'd come on and the whole place is just, you know, it was just a whole different atmosphere. It was wicked, man. 
What did you make it? I mean, you said that loads of new uh, MCs came in around about that time. And I, I mean, my yeah. view of it, I'm, I'm not a huge um, like modern drum and bass fan. Some of it's all right. Right. But okay. Not, not a massive, not a massive fan. It's, it's okay, yeah. but it's not my thing. Yeah. But you know, when you, when you sort of see more MCs than DJs on the lineup for me, I'm like, I don't want to hear, I'd rather hear the music a lot. Of the yeah. Time. That's, that's for me. That's when I started looking at it and going, ah, oh, here we go. You know what I mean? You, you, you know, they're, and I could say they was following the garage on that because all of a sudden you'd have 20 MCs on a lineup. Do you know what I mean? It's drum and bass doesn't need that. I mean, me myself personally, if if the crew thing was a better thing when that started coming the last few months because it just packed it, it packed everybody together. Do you know what I mean? You know, who like Evil B X Man, you had Skibber Fun, um, Harry Shotter, Shabba, do you know, they've always been together. So you know, I, I actually like that because. When if they was all on their own set, you know, which it was like that at the beginning, and that was fine. But I actually do like the the pack now. You know what I mean? I like that, and it's good. I mean, obviously, I think the last race I've done, I've, I've actually done on my own. The last one was Trigger's birthday, I think. Me, Trigger, and Murdaya and Critical Impact, wicked set. But that was one of the last ones, man. I can remember it. <laughs> you know, because I have been to another one since. <laughs> oh, yeah, indeed. I'm, yeah. I, remember, I remember my last one, and, and and actually, it's become a much more enjoyable experience than it might have seemed at the time. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. it was the last That's one. Right. Um, so yeah, it's a shame, man. You've seen lots of changes uh, in the yeah. German, German bass scene. There was a period where it was actually dark, pretty grim and dark and violent. Um, yeah. What did, you, yeah. What, did you, what did you feel when it was going through that point, when it was quite. Um, I'm not, uh, we was, you know, a lot of people did say to me, like, you know, oh, you know, your crew are the dark ones and all that. You know, we was known as that. And it was like, you know, when I spoke to them, I was like, we're not the dark ones, man. You know what I mean? It ain't us. We're just the MCs, man. You know, this is how the music is. Yeah. We're not standing in there with like double barrel shotguns pointing in your face. Like I'm po passing you a drink and spitting some bars for you, but it's just the way I think at the time it was just the way the music went. And I think at that point is when I sort of like started skipping over to garage. Do you know what I mean? Cause that, do you get what I mean? There was an era weren't there where the music just went, boo. it wasn't, it wasn't, it weren't great to me. You know what I mean? And you know, think of all the producers the same way, but that, that point in the rave scene for me was when I made the jump to, go back to something that was bubbling and skanking again. You know what I mean? And waited for that to end that, 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 cause music is fast. So in the rave scene, you know, it, it wouldn't take long. It would only take a couple of years for that to just disappear. Do you know what I mean? Because the DJs won't have it. They're like, well, I ain't playing that no more. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, I, I remember that time and yes, it did get very dark. Obviously you could say the drugs probably changed with the music. You know what I mean? You know, because, you know, that's what they do in a club. So, you know, everything changed. Nothing, you know, couldn't get a love dove anymore, couldn't you? And take your top off and fly around melting. You know, everyone's on the crack. Yeah, yeah. Whole that different does, thing. Yeah, that does have a, it bring a slightly different oh. atmosphere to it, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> I've had to leave. I've had to leave a few ways, Nate. I'm <laughs> telling you. I've had to Look. leave a few because it's just gone scatty. Really? Yeah, I've been in raves and just see the whole rave part and then, it was like Braveheart and I'm standing on stage and I'm having to run out the back door like and you you know is fire is scary stuff, man. And you're only there to entertain. Uh, 
so, well, you know, I mean, that's course, different areas and different well, cities. I, I've heard baseman sets before where it's like, listen, if you don't stop shooting, if you don't stop shooting, uh, I'm going to stop the rave. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, I'd probably, like... I'd probably stop it. Just, just stop it now, <laughs> to be honest. Like, not for, not the yeah. next time round. Just like a. This is just your yeah. first. This is your first warning. Uh, you've set yeah. off a gun once, but if you set it off again, that's really it. <laughs> that's right. That's what I'm saying. You know, but people in the in the clubs used to get so hyped off the baseman and. You know, it was it was it was dark. You know, it, that word "dark" has been in drum in rave scene since the beginning. It was just the form of the music, not the mentality. Yeah. So what you you're saying what is saying, they're, ce- they're celebrating bassman with and um, they're out and they're like, oh, bassman. Yeah. You know, <laughs> da, 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 I'm, I'm gonna smoke. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna stand in the corner, shades on. You know, what I mean, pushing people and Fucking you know, I've hell. seen I've seen people drop rizzlers on the floor and then tax money off of people, and I'm like. I'm watching them and I'm like you've told the man you've he's spilt your shit on the floor but he ain't because you didn't have nothing in the rizzler anyway trying to get 30 quid out of him and that. like that mentality to me is pathetic yeah yeah, yeah yeah you know well I've seen many of that but you know what when you get the crews from Manchester and you've got the crews from Birmingham from London from Leicester from Gloucester from Bristol you know you put all that in one room especially all the you know the bad man's the wrong yeah, as you call them. That that that's a dark rave, bro. And what so, <laughs> you know what I mean? so, what's, so it like, what's it like now? Is there is there still any remnants of that? Nah, of I believe like you know, some of the people that I've seen in the past that were like that, like, you can actually see they're grown up now and they're actually polite, you know. I've actually spoke to a few and I'm like, bloody hell, I remember you, man, you know, being nasty to people and that. But like look at you now, like you're married. Got a wedding ring on your finger and that, bro. Life changes. Yeah, that's yeah. very true. Yeah, and so yeah, how, definitely in your mind, how has drum and bass become such an international success story? Um, when compared to, for instance, happy hardcore, as like, yeah, hasn't. I mean, it's, it's the opposite, isn't it? So, what, 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 well, how's it done it? Uh, do you know what? I just think that's the continuation. Um, you know, of the music just growing and growing and growing. Obviously, maybe you know promoters putting on raves abroad and stuff but I, it was out there anyway before and I mean like we played in Germany I was doing Germany in 93 do you know what I mean so the, it was very worldwide very quick you know they caught on to it it was a it was a buzz I mean you know I big up um, Switzerland and that. I love Switzerland when I got out there to play uh, I've got a big up Dom and B and Rio and all the crew yeah but that's what I'm saying I knew them at the beginning of my career do you know what I'm saying? They them raves were happening around the world. It, for me, it was like we was just first time I flew on a plane. I was like, wow, like I'm actually on a plane going to do this abroad. Do you know what I mean? You know, not just in England. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And you know, I travelled the world, man. I've you know I've been Tokyo eight times. I've been wow. Australia four times. I've been New York state. I've been Germany, Switzerland. I've been Brazil. I've been Kenya. And that's drum and bass has took me there. And who knew, who would have, who would have thought that just shouting into a room full of buzzing idiots would have uh, yeah. taken you around the world so many times? That's what I'm saying. There you go. <laughs> it's, a, it's an amazing thing. It's, it's like you know, I, I was you know in myself time I was blessed. I was blessed. I'm blessed for that. You know what I mean? Because I was living the moment. Yeah, but that's that's what it is. You know, it, it's not. I'm not saying that it's gone now. I mean, fingers crossed in the future. You know, I'm on flyers now that they keep pushing back, pushing back, pushing back. Do you know what I mean? You know, so we're still continuing to carry on. You know, you've got to big up soldiers like Moose and and Patrick and Comrade. And, you know, they're all still there, you know, they're, and, and they're still vibrant. They've still got their, you know, they've still got their stripes, man. They're doing well. Yeah. 
you know. But right about now, I think it's a shame that lockdown's here and, you know, my man's saying, oh, you know what I mean, we're not viable and stuff like that, you know what I mean? Do you, do you know people? Do you know you know people, artists who are struggling mentally because they're not getting to play out? I know a couple. I don't even want to mention names. No, you don't have stuff, to mention their names. It's, 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 it's a shame, you know, when you see them and they're gutted and you know they're. I wouldn't say that they're mentally un- unstable. I'll just say they're just broken hearted. That like you know they're yeah. so passionate like myself that they can't do anything now. Do you know what I mean? And I mean to be fair, there's going to be a whole lot of new music made. Yeah, well, you yeah. know that already. Imagine how everyone is making <laughs> tunes right now. I've just finished an album for V under the name Beat Merchants. Me and Jubs, you know, what I mean, got to salute Jubs. We got V. Yeah, we've got a wicked album. We're just, you know. But what I'm saying is, all well, the what's, 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 now, what's happening can't... with that? What's happening with that, Juice? Because we interviewed Brian G uh, on Raw a little while ago, yeah. and he was saying the thing is, I've got loads and loads and loads of new music, it's, but he's got I'm not able to put it out necessarily because yeah. I, I because it needs to be heard on the dance floor, and that is of course an issue because you never quite know whether it's going to be a success unless it's been on. That's the dance right. Floor. But the problem is, That's of course, right. if I wait until the dance floor comes back, that could be a year. We don't know. That's what and, I'm saying. I mean, and, 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 and so therefore the music might get old. So he's got a bit of a dilemma. Right. So what are you doing? Yeah, Mr. yeah. It's it's well, basically what we've done is we've done more of a, a vocal album. So what we're going to do is put a memory stick out with 20 dirty tunes on that ain't got no spitting on, you know, all the dance floor killers. To, but the album basically he's got like Demolition Man and a few others. Um, couple I've uh, got Big Ute from Jamaica, I've got Sizzler on there. Um, you know, they're vocal tunes. So basically we can put it to one extra and push it to radio, you know what I'm saying, and keep that moving like that, which is a different thing because right now they ain't there isn't no clubs, so they're not gonna be played in clubs. You know what I mean? You know, fingers crossed after this month lockdown that they, you know, this supposed virus is gone. Yeah. You know, so we can get back in the raves. Obviously, I've got a, a V recordings night. How do you um, think? Because you say that you're making more of a vocal album because it is more for yeah. radio rather than a club. How do you yeah, think that yeah. um, this, the change where there's been no raves for maybe a year, it means that everyone's yeah. been producing stuff but not knowing quite how it's going to do. What? How, yeah. how do? You, how do you think? that it's going to impact upon well, A, the music, and B, the rave yeah. scene once we do come out of this? Yeah, you know what I mean? To be fair, it's like, I, I do think all the ravers are there, and they, you know, as I said, V-Recordings have got a massive following, you know what I mean? You know, that you you have to buy that music because you want that in that collection where you've collected it from day one, you know what I'm saying? So we've, we've, we've not just done an album with vocals, the tunes are dirty as well, at the same time as, but, but, but they're, they're at a level where they radio play, you know, which we've been, me and Jobs have been working on that now for nearly a year. Do you know what I mean? So it's got a lot of work. It ain't no two day tunes. You know, we've been, uh, we're probably making a, a tunes last in two weeks for us building it up. To like, no, don't like that bit. Or we'll, then we play it to Brian. He's like, boy, I ain't feeling that. <laughs> you know, good, change That's it a good up. impression and, as well. No, man, no, it's just me, isn't it, man? We know B for time. You know what I mean? But you know what? It, but it's good working with Brian because he knows music. That's that's one guy that knows music, you know. And I like, you know, I like that. Him and Frost, you know, they're 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 mentors as well. You know, they'll tell you if a tune's wicked, you know. And Jobs has been working on Frost's album as well. Um, and that's sounding sick, but it's not 
all drum and bass, man. He's got Omar on there. He's got Floetry, you know. So big up Frost. Look out for that album, man. Yeah, man. Actually, that's going to be should, wicked. Should, yes, it's very get, good. I should get him on, really, and do. Uh, you should do get him on, man. He's got... I mean, he's promised to come on in the past, so we'll have to. I'll, I'll yeah. just have to push through with that and do it. Maybe I'll just yeah. do, it, do it on Zoom or whatever. But that's no, a good show. Yeah. Well, I look he's, forward... he's, a, he's, a, he's amazing. He's, you know what? Who he's got on there? I mean, I see someone on Facebook this morning. He's got uh, Mutia from Sugar Babes in there this morning. It's like wow. So obviously yeah, you know yeah. where he's going. Obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's, well, I better get him before now. he becomes some sort of international pop star. That's, oh, what, we, that's what we need to do. Is that now, man? You know what I mean? No, get him on. Get him on when you're ready, man. Do you know what? And I'm, you know what? That's one guy that will tell you a lot, man. Like he's been there when I first started. The night I first ever did the walk is IMC for him. Oh, do you really? know what I mean? I've, I've liked him ever since. One of my favorite DJs, man. He's wicked. Nice, you know. I mean, big up Frost. Well, big I'm looking Bryce. for. I'm looking forward to hearing all of that new music. Just to sort yeah. of wrap up this interview, um, I want to look back a little bit upon the '90s. I, I, I won the yeah. you know, You've been around since the, the since pretty much the day dot of, of yeah. you know, sort of the early rave scene throughout. You've seen yeah. all the different changes. Do you think that yeah. you, you know, when 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 people talk about drummer bass, the uh, MCs, they talk about Skibber, they talk about Shabba. Of course. Sometimes, you know, they'll they'll talk about some of the older names, you know, GQ, yeah. Debt, etc. Do you think that you yeah. maybe don't get some of the credit that you deserve? Um, do you know what? Um, it's not... How can I put that? It's kind of a hard question, man. I mean, like, to me, it doesn't bother me. You know what I mean? You know, I walk in a rave and ravers are like, so glad you're back. You know, when, when I you know, like left SDC and I, I had to because like, you know, for personal reasons, like getting my son and having full custody of him, I had to go through court and stuff. Um, went through a lot and I had to give up, but everyone thought that we'd fallen out, you know, and we'd had arguments. It wasn't that, you know what I mean? You just have to step back sometimes and, you know, real life kicks in and there's no, you know, and at that time I was like, right, I'm going to start producing. I'm going to give up MCing now. There's plenty of new MCs out there. I've done, I've done, I've done my tour of duty. Do you know what I mean? I've been there and back, mate. I was there from when it started up till now. But, you know, after I got everything sorted with my son and that, I flipping, I went back to it. But it was nice for the ravers. The point I'm getting at is, you know, when the ravers are like, flipping, oh, jeez, man, where you been? You know what I mean? Like, oh, I can't wait to hear, you know, and I always still have that with the ravers, you know, it's not, you know, with magazines and stuff like that, they, they don't know, they don't, they don't even know who I am, bro. You know what I mean? You know, it's like they, they, they only categorize certain people where they don't go to the backbone of this scene, man. Yeah. You know, you're missing out a whole lot. When I read these books, I laugh, you know what I'm saying? Cause like, who are you talking about? Like you weren't there when we was there. Do you know what I'm saying? I remember it just being me, five O Moose, Patrick and Comrade and baseman. That's it, and Man Paris. I could say, can remember that when it was like that. Yeah. Now, you know, there's there's nothing. You know what? Fair play to if you're a new school reporter trying to report on drummer bass, go and do your history though. Yeah. Go and check out where the real raves were, where the you know, Milwaukee's was number one club in the UK for 10 years. No one knows that. You know what I mean? Took roast off, took a wall off the top spot a long time. You know what I mean? And that was the best rave in the country, and you know, for, for a club, because it was the king of the clubs. That's what, when Des used to put the flyer out, that's what he used to call it, the king of the clubs. But, you you know, as a, as a journalist going out there trying to find real drama base, when I read them books and I see one documentary and I see, like, everyone was cussing it. Was it Mix Mag or DJ Mag or one of them done it? And they were, they just had a certain amount. They didn't even have no black guys on that. 
Do you know what I mean? Bright, they've, 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 they've asked to ring up and license music off of V, playing it in the background. But then you've got like pure white guys on there who've never played at Dreamscape, never played at Helter Skelter, never played, you know, so they have to check their history, man. You know, that's one thing that annoys me with it. It's like, I don't need no praise from it, yeah? I'll always be a part of it. And I'll, I'll do it now till I, till I drop. I'll probably die on stage. You know what I mean? <laughs> like Tommy with Cooper. Yeah, just like that. And I would as well, you know what I mean? You know, obviously there's going to be a point, and I do believe, you know, this music thing now with us producing and doing the studio thing is more my direction because I've been there and done that. I've seen the best what this scene is ever going to be. You know, it's never going to be that again. You know, we've seen it, ceiling sweating and it, that packed and the vibe and the energy. Do you know what I mean? I mean, fingers crossed that we get that back. It needs it, you know. But there you go. Time will tell, isn't it? You know what I mean? But for me, myself, personally, you know what? I salute drum and bass. I've been there from the beginning of it. You know what I mean? And seen it evolve, you know, and yeah, fully support one day. And, I hope and, and, and in terms of the, in terms of the nineties, you have seen it all. What was your favorite year and your crowning glory in the nineties? Oh, I'd say 92, 93. I'd say around that era, obviously long, dark tunnel, them type of tunes, dark stranger, you know, even, even all rolling up all the way up to Pulp Fiction and stuff like that. You know what I mean? You know, them that era for me, like we was killing it, you know, and I'd actually say like even 2007, like global gatherings, you know, like them times there were wicked. I remember me and Groove Rider played a set there and it was amazing, man. It was one of the best sets I've ever played. And, you know, the noise was like, I felt like I was in the Colosseum in Rome. That's how, that was massive. You're talking like what, 20, 30,000 people there. Like the noise of that, there's never for me was it gave me goose pimples, man. I remember looking at Groove Rider like, boy, you just killed, we just killed this, man. You know what I mean? You know, them them type of raves there, say 2007, but even up to now, you know, as I said, as soon as I got back on it, like I've been going and smashing parties again. Nice. Yeah. And um, and, and uh, if you could, we ask this to everybody that we interview, if you yeah. could hear one person interviewed on uh, on Raw, is there anyone, uh, I mean, you might say someone we've already interviewed, but is there someone that you'd really like to hear us interview? Yeah, I'd like to see you interview Baseman, man. Ah. No, one's ever, no one's ever done him. I'd like to see you interview Conrad. I'd like to see you interview Jumping Jack Frost and Brian as well, because they've got a lot. They, yeah. they, they can tell we did, you. We've already, we, did, we did do we're Brian. going way back. We did do Brian, yeah. but we need to, we need to do Frost. Uh, and what, what, yeah. you, what, Baseman just doesn't do interviews? No, it's not that. I bet he would. I bet he would. But well, let's I, do I, him then. I think a lot of people would be uh, kind of afraid to bring him up or something. Nah, or, fuck that, mate. Yeah, I, I ain't, a, I ain't, he's, I ain't you know afraid what? of Bass, man. Hey, Bass, Bass is a wicked guy. Yeah, he's a comedian, man. He'll have you in, he'll have you in stitches, bro. Can he work Zoom? That. That's the question. Uh, I reckon he can. I reckon he can. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, you, well, you managed it, Juice, so if you can. Yeah. Well, first time I've actually got the unmute off, man. I've talk, talked to my agency, I have meetings, and I'm there, and they're like, I can hear you. They're like, can you hear us, Juice? And I'm like... <laughs> you know uh, well, what I mean? I'm glad you made it work for us today, and it's been a joy talking yeah. to you, mate. So thank you very nah, much. Nice to meet you, Tom. Pleasure, man. Top man. Yeah. And, uh, and we'll catch up again. Yeah, 100%, bruv. Top Big man. salute to you, man. All right, stay, stay safe in the lockdown, yeah? You too, brother. See you later, Juice. We got the Ravers. Home. <laughs>
That is uh, MC Juice Man, uh, Jungle Drum and Bass Garage MC, and now producer. Uh, he's he's been joining us here on More Raw. There's loads more to come from us. Do stay tuned, including as I say, Ray Keith. Big interview we got coming up on Raw, the '90s Ray podcast. Well, we hope you've enjoyed the latest episode of Raw. We've certainly enjoyed making it and bringing it to you, and we want to make more. Uh, but to do so, we are going to need some of your help, I'm afraid. Uh, we are just normal people with normal jobs. This is a hobby and not a very well-paid one at that. In fact, it's not paid at all. Uh, we've invested quite a bit of our money to keep this, uh, keep this show going, uh, but we could really use some of your help uh, as well. Any donation, big or small, we know it's a difficult time for you all out there. It's a difficult time for all of us. Uh, but any donation you can give, whatever size, will help us to go towards improving our kit help us get on the road, pay expenses to go in and do some of your 90s rave favourites uh, and also just uh, keep bringing you some more banging 90s rave content. If you do feel able to help, that'd be great. If you don't, we do understand. Uh, but if you can, head over to gofundme.com forward slash the 90s rave podcasts. That address, I'll repeat just one more time, gofundme.com forward slash the 90s rave podcast. Uh, and if you can't get you want to join our community why don't you head over to twitter why don't you head over to instagram why don't you head over to youtube and why don't you head over to facebook search raw the 90s rave podcast like us subscribe to us do all that get involved